Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. We've been speaking this week about how during the years of government inaction on immigration reform, a system has grown up to house people in a kind of gigantic federal waiting room. This shadow prison system is run by the government agency ICE. In a moment, we will meet an activist who has created hotlines for confused and terrified immigrants to try and get help. Ralph Al-Hassani is a detainee who reached out to the First Friends hotline from inside the Bergen County Jail in New Jersey. First Friends facilitated a conversation between Ralph and one of our producers. A member of the LGBT community from Ghana where he felt persecuted, Ralph sought asylum in the U.S., in September of 2015 and was taken into custody by ICE in California. I was in a detention in California called Adelanto Detention Facility. I belong to the LGBT um, community from Ghana. But um, unfortunately for me, I didn't have an attorney to represent me before the judge. So most of us who were not able to hire an attorney have to represent ourselves before the judge. When I was released, I was released on bond. I was released on the bond of $35,000 from the judge. Properties have to be sold to pay this bond for me. My mom, my mom did all this. She had to sell a house because she feared if I get back home, I'll be prosecuted. Released after eight months, he was instructed to report to ICE regularly, and Ralph moved east. In the summer of 2016, an officer decided, though, that Ralph should never have been released on bond at all. But then I was given um, a form to report, to always report to ICE. And I did report all the time. But then I met an ICE officer whom I explained my situation to. Because he was wondering how I was released, but then had to report all the time. So I told him I was given a bond of $35,000 by um, the judge. So he was like, no, it's not supposed to be that way. So he asked me to come back in January 2017. But then on the 12th of August 2016, I said they wanted to see me on the 15th of August 2016. So on the 15th when I went, they said they were going to cancel the bond and detain me because my case was not appealed. And since then, Ralph has been in detention in New Jersey. After I spent eight months in California, I spent another nine months in, um, uh, in New Jersey right now. So um, I don't really know what is happening. All I know is um, ICE is trying to deport me now because um, on the um, 10th of February, they made me speak with my counselors about my travel documents. I'm not having the money back, and now ICE is also trying to deport me back to my country to face prosecution. Ralph Al-Hassani describes his life in immigration detention, and you can hear in his voice that his hope and patience are running out. We get up at, um, we get the jail up. administration will disconnect your call in three minutes. We get up, we get up at, um, at 8.30 or sometimes 8 o'clock in the morning. We have our breakfast, then that's it. We need to move around till it is 12 o'clock. They put us back in the jail. They lock us up and open us up again to come to eat, and then they put you in at 9 o'clock and lock you up again. It is hope. It is hope, my brother. We've been treated like prisoners. There is no life here. There is no life. For the past nine months, they lock us up. The jail administration will disconnect your call in two minutes. You have to be locked up during count. You have to be locked up when I'm about to eat, and you have to be locked up when you're going to sleep. Um, I want people out there to know that um, immigration detention is, is not a good thing at all. This is not treating us with justice, because if I have been allowed to pay bond and then come out of detention, why should I be detained again? Why should I be detained? I know the United States believes in justice. 
the whole world. Everybody knows that. And then after coming all the way from my country to this country to have my freedom, I've been treated like this. I don't think this is fair. So if there is anything people could do to help people like me in my situation... The jail administration will disconnect your call in one minute. I would be most grateful. Um, that is my message. And we should note that Ralph Al-Hassani has committed no crime, even though he spent $35,000 and has spent months in ICE detention. Sally Pillay is the director of First Friends. She's the activist who manages free hotlines for people in immigration detention to call and seek support or just to have someone to talk to. It was Sally Pillay who put us in touch with Ralph, and she also connected us with Yannick Candelario Salazar, whose case is very different. She has dual Canadian-Cuban citizenship. When she was stopped by ICE, she was held initially in the Elizabeth Detention Center in New Jersey, then transferred to the Orange County Correctional Facility in New York, where she's mixed with the inmate population, even though she has a green card pending and has committed no crime. We spoke to her from inside the Orange County facility. Her line is difficult to understand, but she was happy to tell us what it's like inside the ICE netherworld. I am in a dorm with about 50 beds. Uh, about half of the uh, inmates here are people in criminal convictions or waiting to be convicted. I have adjusted to, to the lack of any <laughs> freedom. Um, the human rights abuses that I've seen in there are unbelievable. The, the things that I've seen in here, I mean, I was at the detention where they had a woman who was 82 years old and very frail, detained for like three weeks. They uh, they, they had a, pre- a pregnant woman that they claim, I told first friends that uh, she was detained and they collided. Uh, and they obviously they were not happy that, that first friends knew that they had a pregnant woman. They- you have one minute remaining. We asked Sally Pillay to talk about Yannick's case and the difficulties of getting out of immigration detention once you're put in. I mean, we get different stories in different days. Um, sometimes it's hot tugging and, you know, I have tears in my eyes with some of the stories that individuals will share with us. But in particular, you know, recently we've been getting a lot of calls about how people are being picked up in the communities, uh, apprehended, especially when they go to ICE reportings, to ICE check-ins, and then are being re-detained or are just, uh, you know, being picked up on random, like, traffic violations uh, where ICE is present at courts, just rounding up immigrants uh, to be placed in immigration detention. So it, it, it changes from day to day, but this is some of the scenarios of people apprehended and being picked up. Why do you think Yannick Candelario Salazar reached out to you? She reached out to us because, one, we do have uh, the hotlines that are present in all of the detention facilities. We are able to transfer and link her to calls uh, to her lawyer, to the community, to her family. She has an 18-year-old son who she is an integral support for him and does not have the ability to get that. And if you listen to her, in her voice, it sounds like she has a case that that she's going to win here. On May 11th this year, I left the country for three days, and I had a green card application pending. They detained me and charged me as an arriving alien. They didn't know what to charge me with because I was Cuban and Canadian. Uh, I requested a bond hearing, but the local judge said he had no jurisdiction to give me bond. So I requested the federal court to uh, grant me a bond hearing. 
I'm waiting until the 22nd. Hopefully, it will be granted. My attorney believes it's going to be granted. I hope I do. I had lost so much. I mean, eight months of my life. So Janet here is giving a sophisticated argument legally about why she shouldn't be where she is. She has a green card pending. She has she has all the things that you would suspect would, would, would put her on the outside of this dragnet, not on the inside of this dragnet. She has family issues that she describes here. Yet she, from your perspective, can't be guaranteed of a successful outcome. Unfortunately, no. And she is one of many individuals in the same plight who should not be placed in immigration detention and should be used as a last resort. And uh, her experience these eight months looking at what's inside of this facility, uh, you can see that it even takes a toll on her sense of hope for her own story. I couldn't begin to imagine, and even when I got here, I thought this was a mistake and they, they were going to release me shortly. It, it is unbelievable. I still cannot believe that. I, I thought I would be here for a few weeks and a month. I have lost any money that I have. I mean, the, 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 the weight of my child that, you know, his grades had suffered and he's been on his own all this time. Um, it was devastating to listen to that call, knowing that she is in distress not having a son by her side. How much of what she's describing is the result of just a kind of confused legal situation that she really has no idea what's next in the process that might even actually get her released? Definitely. It's a limbo state that everyone is in because they just don't know what's going to happen next. And every situation is so unique to an individual the judge may rule differently for, for each one, even they may present similar cases. Uh, we've gotten a lot of calls from people. They felt that if they just stayed languishing in detention, that they at the end would, would result in a negative outcome regardless of just battling this out, just the sense of fear, retaliation, uh, not knowing what's going to happen next. I think that the ICE officers at the Elizabeth Detention Center uh, they are used to immigrants who do not speak the language. People are afraid to speak because because they think it will affect their case. And so when they come across somebody like me who speaks the language and is not afraid to speak, they retaliate against you. I antagonize a machine that is a lot stronger than me. Hope is gone? There's a sense of hope that's gone, yeah. Honestly, it's difficult because we don't know what would happen next. But, you know, we do know that things are amplified under this administration. We do know that there's been a lot of ice raids. I mean, literally uh, about a thousand feet from our office space, there was a raid uh, about a week ago where 40 people were rounded up. So we know that, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of internal enforcement happening. Individuals are going to be rounded up. Uh, immigration detention is going to continue to rise and grow. Uh, to what end, I don't know. Uh, definitely, we need policies and reforms that are just uh, and humane. Uh, definitely, right now, that is not the case. And do we do want to see an end to immigration detention. Uh, we want to see it being used as a last resort, not not for the people like Yanneth and Ralph to be re-detained because it's all ending up because of the money. It's a dragnet of uh, of private prisons are making money and county jails that are making money out of human suffering. Once you get in, it's absolutely difficult to break out um, once you're funneled into immigration detention. Sally Pillay is the director of First Friends, an activist organization dealing with immigration detention. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.